Hey, what is up, everybody? It's your girl, Victoria Lynn Myers, aka Tori, coming to you live from Chicago. Welcome. It's been a minute. Do you notice anything different? <laughs> I've been planning on asking that question, but I've tried to learn how to say it in a not staged way, and I still feel like I didn't execute that properly. But seriously, do you notice anything different? I'll give you a second. You're probably not going to guess, actually. I'll tell you. Uh, I got a Yeti, and I hooked it up, and now I'm one of the bros. I got on some boxers. I got on a dude shirt. Sitting here with my laptop and my Yeti. I Even though I feel like absolute dog crap right now, seriously, so sick. Like, I've been sick for over a week and a half now. Should know tomorrow what's up, so fingers crossed, say a little prayer for me, but this is my attempt at A, filling you guys in on my life and updating you and talking about a few things that are on my heart, Um, but B, your girl has mental health issues, and one of the fun perks of having mental health issues is always feeling like you're dying, (laughs) and it just heightens whenever you're actually sick, so this is my attempt at avoiding that. If you hear anything weird in the mic, I am currently sucking down cough drops left and right, which is probably not recommendable, but life, (laughs) you know? But anyway, with that being said, I do sound better, or at least that's what people are telling me. So that's good. I guess that that means means something, (laughs) because I sure as hell don't feel better, but... With that being said, you know the drill. We're back, baby. We are back. We're going to have a bomb episode. Thank you for tuning in. And nice to meet you. Let's get started. All right. So a lot of big subjects to discuss today. Uh, Hopefully I'm matching the energy of the next few audio clips. I accidentally deleted the audio clip I'm currently now recording and it's the following day. It's the morning. I just downed some coffee. So I'm a little energized and I had recorded the previous segments and the next segments last night at like midnight. So trying to calm myself down, trying to talk in that same dialogue. But anyway, little update on me before we get into the episode. Started a YouTube channel. If you haven't checked it out, Victoria Lynn Myers. It's my way of trying to balance out my social uh, following and try to become more of a a full-bodied individual online and digitally. And that's been like really essential for me in terms of my growth and acceptance. I think if there are certain things in your life that you're avoiding doing that you feel called to do, I would reflect on why you feel the need to avoid them because I think the thing that we feel called to do is the thing that is so deeply knit to who we are. And if we were to put ourselves out there in those elements and maybe they weren't able to take off or whatever, then it would feel like a bigger blow than if you were to just create meaningless content. Just as much as like the normal guy at a nine to five who has great ideas and could probably make it and whatever idea or field they're internally thinking about but yet they never will. We all know that person, right? That's why. I I have a theory that that is why. And maybe it's just a self-report because I know in times past when I've had very limiting beliefs, it was exactly that. Like even starting a podcast or talking on TikTok, putting your voice out there 
is the most powerful and yet a little scary thing, you know, especially if you haven't came to terms with all of your feelings or beliefs or you aren't used to taking up space. And that's kind of a good segue into today's topics, which are feeling big emotions and the validation for you to feel those things, the understanding that although we could dissect why you feel afraid to take up space in whatever capacity you're struggling with in life, there's also a strong correlation with just human behavior and we all treat this world like it's our world and everybody else is living in it. And so whenever you are to express boundaries or are to articulate your emotions and say, hey, that makes me feel uncomfortable. I wish you wouldn't do that, you know, in a safe space. Uh, it's going to be scary at first and it's going to feel sore. It's an unworked muscle. And so I kind of wanted to touch on that. I wanted to touch on the negative feedback loops we might find ourselves in and challenging those core beliefs. If you aren't aware of core beliefs and Uh, attachment theory. I would highly do some research and look those things up. Core beliefs in summary is the ideas, you know, that were perpetrated to you or taught to you about who you are in your childhood. And so much of our personalities are formed by what other people have told us we are. You know, if you're a child and you're super creative, you might be complimented on that. And then maybe you go through your adult life, never really challenging that idea and never really building on it. Just finding your core identity and what other people have told you about yourself. Um, And also, on the contrary, the negative things that other people have fed you about yourself. And let's be honest, the stuff that we feed each other about each other is more of a reflection of what we're internally struggling with than it will ever be about another person. For instance, on the days when I am the most body conscious or have like really, really bad feedback loops, those are the days I'm the most judgmental of others in those, in those categories. Um, so, but we never, the point is, is we never challenge those beliefs. So we move through our adult life looking for confirmation biases that other people also feel that way. Even if the odds are that more evidence points to you being lovable you know, or whatever positive attributes you have. We are looking for those things and we really get into these deep feedback loops. And so if you're one that struggles with that, I would really like reflect on what you looked like, like a little kid and just how much you would love that child, how much you would nurture them and analyze that and also understand that that's still you. Like that is you through and through and You got to love yourself. But that's another beautiful thing that I I feel in regards to love even. One of the things that's been like the most healing for me when it comes to love is realizing love is energy. It's abundant. It cannot be, you know, energy cannot be created or destroyed. It just is. And love just is. And every bit of love that you give, whether it's received well or whether it's reciprocated or whatever, is a blessing and you know obviously there's limits don't be inappropriate don't be a weirdo but i i have abandonment issues and if you aren't aware of attachment styles um and everything around that i would definitely look into it it's great it's a good tool to know and be aware of and you can really start to see how it plays in different people and you know kind of makes you feel like you're playing checkers or whatever like you understand people and where they're at mentally before they even 
speak in a lot of ways and that can cause you to, you know, kind of change dialogue based on that, you know, and be a better conversationalist. But when it comes to love, it's one of those things where I have a core belief of not being enough. And because I feel like that, I look for ways that people are proving that to me, even if they absolutely are not. And most of the times they are absolutely not. And in fact, it's the exact opposite. But it's, you know, that's the way it is. My mind gets in a little feedback loop and it tells me I'm not loved, not wanted. And I look for confirmations of that. And we all do it. So I would highly recommend challenging those things, analyzing those things. And when you feed yourself that feedback loop, I would really visualize a person, A, that you love, or B, your version of yourself from your childhood. And tell your baby self the things you're communicating to yourself in that moment. And I guarantee you will not say that to your baby self. And I think it's a really beautiful and emotional and uh, changing action that you can do. Um, but yeah, I think when it comes to love also, it's really been helpful to think back to people I've loved or currently love and just realize how much I love them and how capable I am of giving love. And just as much as I'm capable of giving that love, I'm also capable of a receiving that love, but people are also capable of loving me as deeply as I love them. And that's beautiful. So just knowing that exists, that it exists, love exists, healthy love exists, anything you can think of practically exists is life-changing. I think so many things that like caused me to change up my life. I had a normal nine to five. I had left like a religious cult at 17, had $200 in my pocket. It's in a lot of bad situations. And my stuff did not change overnight. Like it was strategic, calculated risks that got me where I'm at. But with that being said, I think there's a lot that, that you can change and a lot of things that you should question and just know that whatever you want exists in the world and you're capable of receiving it. I also kind of wanted to touch on the subject of mental illness and feeling things very deeply. And I guess I'll speak for myself with my experiences as somebody that is diagnosed with anxiety disorder, had panic attacks that were debilitating growing up and have struggled with bouts of depression and who knows what else, potentially ADHD, which I just recently learned that the majority of all research done on ADHD is done predominantly in males. So apparently women versus men are socialized, obviously differently, but we present symptoms in different ways because of socialization. So I just, it's, it's insane to me that something as simple as getting a proper diagnosis on mental health is still a very political issue and something that we really need to evolve on as a country. But with that being said, as somebody that feels things so, so deeply and, and everything, I think before I, I hated my emotions and I suppressed them because I didn't know what to do with them. 
And the more I've journaled and allowed myself to speak up and only allowed people in my space that listen to my communication of boundaries or whatever. And this seems like such a no-brainer, a no-brainer on paper, but it's not. And the depiction of love in movies and and just pop culture in general is, you know, most of times not healthy. And I think we've all woke up to that a lot, but I think when it comes to mental health and feeling things very deeply and in depth, it was something that I was I hadn't came to terms with. And in fact, a lot of people from my previous life really hated that about me and really um, judged me for having emotions. And so I learned to suppress them as one does when you need to fit in or whatever. It's a survival mechanism, just like everything else. If you suppress your emotions and you're wondering why you can't communicate boundaries and it's because you grew up in an environment that was not allowing of you to take up space and that's sad like if you think about that and you visualize your younger baby self that could be a healing therapeutic exercise as well that would probably bring some tears you know because who would not hold space for a four-year-old fill in your name like who would not hold space for that you know and even now thinking about potentially eventually having children and just I don't know, baby Tori or baby whoever is not deserving of anything less than feeling seen and heard and validated. And that is lovable and enough and beautiful. And just the more, I don't know, I think we're also very avoidant of pain naturally, you know, but this could just be right now how I'm feeling and whatever. But today I was driving and I just started breaking down crying because I've been dealing with a lot. And I was crying tears of joy because of how proud I am that I'm not looking to avoid my pain. I'm not looking to avoid suffering at this point. I'm not looking for anything other than what is and accepting that and trying to come to terms with whatever that means in that moment. And that's just such a huge step for me because like I said in times past if I ever felt like a drop of love was not reciprocated I would pull away I would pull away and it made me and it still does to an extent to be honest a it's really hard to learn to receive love uh and it's really hard to not get in feedback loops confirming your worst fears in regards to love, relationships, whatever, and then looking for confirmation biases of that. It's really hard to not feed into those things. But if you catch yourself at the beginning of something like that and instead rephrase the question of, you know, say you're having issues with feeling loved or wanted and maybe your friend didn't get you a paper towel whenever they went to get a paper towel after they ate dinner, right? That could be in your mind a confirmation that, hey, they don't like me or you know what? They're selfish or whatever. Meanwhile, they could have went and got you utensils beforehand. They could have bought your favorite soda to dinner or whatever. But in your in your mind, you're focusing on that one thing that causes you to evoke that core belief that you believe about yourself. And so I would really challenge you to challenge that, to understand that 
just as deeply as you are capable of loving others, there are so many people that are going to love you and are capable of loving you. And it's an amazing thought, you know, that you can be perceived the way you perceive somebody else that you deeply love. Um, and also, you know, feeling things deeply circling back around to that, like don't avoid things that make you afraid or don't avoid the idea of hurt or sorrow or whatever. I think the core thing with all of that is building up enough self-confidence and a base within yourself to where regardless of what what other person doesn't reciprocate whatever you're giving them, it's an act of love. It's not an act of needing. It's not an act of desperation. It's not an act of anything but realizing love is abundant. Just as quickly as I give you that, I can give it again to somebody else or I could receive, you know, something. I mean, how much, how do we notice this? We notice it when you're walking down the street and you nod at somebody and they compliment you. It's it's your everyday thoughts and your everyday patterns that predict your mood and will literally change your life. And allowing yourself to feel hard emotions, deep emotions, and realizing that just as deeply as you are feeling those current emotions, that's the beauty of life is the insanity of it. The insanity that in one part of the world somebody is getting married while I'm not saying it's beautiful, but there are other horrible acts going on just across the street, you know, hopefully not just across the street, but I think you catch my drift. It's like, that's life. And I think the more you can accept that and practice the law of acceptance when it comes to that and just really learning to love and accept yourself as deeply flawed as you are you'll be able to put that foot forward in every person you encounter too because we are one and the same in a lot of ways and we're all deeply flawed. But you know what? We're still capable of so many emotions and so many highs and so many lows and it's beautiful, you know? So let that let that carry you through whatever you're going through right now. I know it's hard and it's easy to say when things are okay or whatever that, hey, things are temporary or, you know, sometimes self-help and stuff like that can kind of come across as like somebody trying to suppress your emotions. And I never want that. And I do not like feeling that way. There's nothing more suffocating to me than talking about my problems to somebody and then them being like, oh, it's okay. You'll be fine. You know, it's like, what the heck did I share that with you for? Like, I think we're all looking for connection. Be connecting to people. Be receptive. In order to be the most receptive version of yourself, you got to receive yourself. You got to receive yourself. So... All right, final thoughts. So I have a little conspiracy theory that the reason that we are fearful of certain things is because of the fact that it will cause us to experience a new version of ourselves. And we are terrified as human beings of knowing ourselves, which seems a little counterproductive, right? My reasoning is I think the more emotions you experience and the more things you experience in life whether that's happiness or sadness or every 
every shade in between, I think it causes you to realize we're not as different as we want to believe we are. And different instances in life will bring out different things in you. Just like how I had said previously and how like it's very obvious to admit is you can be a villain in one person's story and yet not be a villain. You know, it's like we all have darkness in us and we all have lightness in us. And I think if anything, the thing that we avoid in life is the thing we need to run towards. Assuming it's a calculated risk, I would really dive into those deep raw emotions that you're avoiding dealing with because I think those are the things that would lead you to a more connecting experience of life and I think ultimately that's what we're all after is connection. I wanted to end with a little mantra, mantra of the week some might say. I want you to hear these words and take them in and apply them to your life. Every time I refuse to engage in performance, placing my feelings on the back burner, I heal. Every time someone walks out of my life and I see that as a lesson, a part of life, and not a confirmation of my lack of worth, I heal. Every time I choose myself, I heal. And baby, you are worth choosing, okay? Love yourself. Love yourself a little more. Love others a little more. We're all going through it. With that being said, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk soon. This is your host, Tori.